Okay, welcome to another episode of Goats and Oats. My name is Jalen. And my name is Zipporah. And today we thought that we would talk about... Anti-blackness. There we go. I don't know why we were so cheery. (laughs) But you know us, you know us. (laughs) Because this topic is so fun. No comment. So um, I do like talking about this, especially with other, you know, black people. So I'm excited to get into this conversation with you today. Um, Yeah. So how do you feel about the surge around anti-racism recently? Um, I don't know. I'm like kind of put on like extra high alert, I guess. Mm. It's just been like, uh, like throughout my life, I've just been like, I guess, positioned in a lot of, like, white spaces. And so a lot of, like, white people in my life, I guess, like, felt comfortable reaching out to me, um, especially during this time, to, like, communicate either, like, their own work that they were doing or, like, their own racism or um, just highlighting, like, work, quote-unquote work that they had to do um, or that they were doing. And it's just, like, it just really put me on high alert and kind of like edge just because I was like how many people did I let in my life up until then that were like capable of just walking around with these ideas and like weaponizing them um and hurting like other black people Mm -hmm. um and then it also then made me like yeah, super questionable of, like, my own judgment of individuals, but also, like, just of other people in general, like, how the hell can individuals feel comfortable, like, reaching out to you to, like, highlight their own racism for, I don't, like, it always just felt like a means of, like, I don't know, trying to get some sort of, like, validation or, like, approval or some sort of, like, you're doing a good job kind of thing, mm. and it's just, like, it just it baffles me, yeah. It just it just really confused me how like you could take up that space in claiming to do this work is like. Yeah, I think it's like telling also the how far people are coming like from like in those conversations to the point where it's like they'll go up to a black person and like ask them to do more labor for them mm-hmm. in order for them to feel good about. Honestly, sometimes just doing the bare minimum, right? The, the, like the, very the bare minimum, minimum, right? Yeah. And it's this whole people like want to be an ally so badly. And it's like this whole, like this badge that they think that they are suddenly able, I guess, to claim mm-hmm. without necessarily understanding that like the term ally is just you recognizing humanity in people of different races yeah. and white. Like it, it doesn't, like even when it comes to like, the LGBT like community, I feel like being an ally for that. It's like you're you're recognizing different people's inherent inherent right, right to live. Like it's I don't like, understand. And it's for me, it's like exactly. It's like why am I sell? Why are you reaching out for validation about that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that was kind of what like that was put me on high alert. Mm. And then yeah, also just like really highlighted, I guess individuals like how far people were willing to go to be uncomfortable, quote unquote uncomfortable, because at the end of the day, like people aren't. So it's like, so I felt like a lot of like the things were like, 
a lot of the people reaching out or this like especially surge i guess and like just my people reaching my dms about like their racism mm. and i'm just like i felt as though it was like coming from a point of being like look like this is how like uncomfortable i like i've been able to like put myself in like i'm thinking about these hard things and i'm like you're not actually you're still sitting in comfort like you're still sitting very much in comfort like if you want to log off your account if you want to stop posting if you want to do xyz you want to not talk talk to your family member anymore whatever like you have that option right people aren't looking to your accounts and then being like oh well oh oh well, you you start talking about this and now you stop like no you get to go home and not mm-hmm. and not think about these things if you don't want to right and it's like that just isn't the case and I felt as though like so many of these messages were just highlighting this like weird level of like dis quote unquote discomfort that mm-hmm. wasn't genuine because it was like for me it's like I'm still uncomfortable and I'm made even more uncomfortable by you sharing by you sharing that information with me, yeah. with me right and then me questioning myself being like how the hell did I let, let this person yeah. think that that was okay, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's really highlighted people's true colors, right? Like It's yeah. just like, yeah. It's a blessing in a sense because it allows you to kind of, well, for me at least, see things clearer. Yeah, definitely. Um, and with that, do you think that we feel as though things are like changing for the better? Like, do you think that this is going to make things more difficult for like black folks moving forward like i mean like emotionally generally communicatively whatever yeah i think that i think it's just gonna be more difficult because it's kind of this thing where white people or non-black people have been have entered these discussions or these spaces Mm -hmm. and are suddenly awoken to this reality that we've been living our entire lives. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because it's like, we've are for, at least in my case, like I've been taught this from like a very young age. Like my dad was very pro black. And so discussions about racism and whatnot are were like common for me. And I would like have these like, you know, throughout my life. And now all of a sudden and people are just showing up and being like, oh my goodness, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And it's like, okay, cool. But like the fact that you didn't know about all of these things tells to the privilege that you have. And it also tells to the fact that you've been upholding the system for your for, entire for, life. For your into- and like to the point where it's like so embedded in you yeah. that you yeah. do, you not are you not are, you're not even conscious yeah. of the ways in which you are hurting other individuals yeah. and yeah. but and because if you were allegedly right you yeah. would you wouldn't be yeah. and it's like how how in the world do white people center themselves in this work it's just like it's the irony of it too but that's like the thing with whiteness that's so peculiar and i don't find that it's only white people that are guilty that's of true yeah, this, yeah but primarily really? it just stands yeah. out yeah. more to me yeah but yeah, I don't think, I don't know, like, I think it's cool because we're able to engage in these conversations on a larger platform. Yeah. Like it's less of a conversation that you'd only have with your friends or like behind closed doors. Like now you're able to kind of address things in the open. But with social media, I find that you can just post whatever it is you want and curate it to seem as though you're not one of those bad guys or one of the yeah. bad people. 
And it's so dangerous because now there's like a pressure to post about these things. Yes. And to show your support in this very performative way. Yeah. Without necessarily checking how you're showing up in the your everyday in, in, life. in the everyday, right? And it's like, that's my problem because it's like so many people, right? Will be out here. You'll see them posting on Instagram mm-hmm. or sharing this on their story, right? How like they are friends? They're your your friends, friends, right? Yeah. Like yeah. they they having their university paid for, right? Yeah. They knowing that you're working multiple jobs. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're out here having the knowledge about the black people in their lives. Yeah. Right and refusing to support and, and not even refusing to support because yeah that too but it's also just like not even just not even having that like connection not even yeah. recognizing yeah. right that you're like I'm speaking to black people and you're not even recognizing the only black people in your life and it's also just like really confusing for me because then it, it highlights like what you do think of the black people in your life or what you do think about this issue and it, what what it kind of tells to me is that you see it something as like something very separate from yourself yeah. you're not because you're not connecting it to your real life to your actual life when you're offline when you're off yeah. screen right and it's so like I think what would be useful maybe for the kids is to give them a little backstory as to the kinds of relationships or friendships that we're talking about without naming anyone or putting anyone under the bus mm-hmm. just because i think that it will illustrate i guess better the point because i i get what you're trying to say and i'm yeah. like i'm on the same page yeah. but i'm not sure if you listening in are like can tap into that so essentially um two people in our lives uh friends that we would consider them to be uh, not black, but not white. So racialized individuals with like POC and throughout our friendship, there were times, multiple times where I would end up and Jalen as well, educating them about different things that they would do. Like for instance, there was one day I was wearing a bonnet, like, oh so you know my God, <laughs> okay, that I, scenario. Okay, so I was wearing a bonnet to bed and so we were just in Jalen's room chilling. It was the four of us. And one of the people in the room was like, oh, you look like you have, like, what is this turban on your head? Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, what? And he started giggling. And he was like, oh, you know, ha ha. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, not at all. Like, And so I, you know, explained that, you know, before bed, I cover my hair so that, you know, it's protected. It's a way of, like, you know, maintaining my We're in texture. our own home, by the way. We're in our own home also. Like, <laughs> like what the, I was like. And, for the setting, for the setting. For the setting. Yeah. And so that, it, like, didn't, it set off a little flag in my head. But it wasn't <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, this person is anti-black. Because that was just, like, one instance. Anyway. In and which so, anti-blackness. And, Came up, jumped came out, out done, jumped out, done, and jumped out. I don't right. know if it's like, yeah, like anti-blackness, ignorance, also because this person is brown, but also like made the termit comment, which is I think it's in here. I think I, I think it's in here. I don't like. I genuinely stand by this thing. I I do think it's an inherently anti-black because yeah. I think genuinely, 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 like if you look at so many of these things, right, in a system designed, Right. If you look at this white supremacist patriarchal system, yeah. right, who is it designed for? Yeah. Like white males, yeah. right? And if you look at what, like every other facet of yeah. this system, if, who it's designed to benefit for when you come to beauty, when it comes to, and in this case, we're talking about yeah. beauty and hair maintenance, right? Yeah. When even that facet, who is that designed to, for it to benefit? 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like generally the white male, how does that play out in these Eurocentric beauty standards for white women? And so da 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 da. But it's so it's like leads to ignorance yeah, about, yeah, the, the, you don't know about black hairstyles. You don't know about these other and things. The and so it's like make these, a job yeah. or a joke at it and yeah. not ask a question because you don't understand. Because that you process. don't think that it's value or you don't, you, you don't, think it's yeah, funny. You don't you think, think it's funny. funny. And it's like all of these yeah. things, it's all like layered right yeah. into these, into the system. And I think, I think it's inherently anti-black yeah. because yeah. that is how it was designed. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's true. Yeah. And it's like, if you look at every class, so yeah, yeah. Just and that, so yeah, so that was one of the instances that like the flag was raised. I'm like, oh, like maybe this is anti-blackness, but obviously like it was before, before the surge of like anti-black racism becoming mainstream. And yeah, uh, there were like other times as well that it kind of popped up. But in the end, yeah, they were posting a lot online, the two of them, like on their pages, on social media, being like, yeah, like I'm an ally. These are resources. This is what you have to do. Like very like with their chest right yeah and fully not even texting me back checking in on their black friend right or yeah. being like hey how's it going or mm -hmm. hey what's up or, and i feel like a lot of people were apprehensive to do yeah. so during this time yeah. it's like for xyz reasons but i'm also just like that is telling of the relationship that you think that we have formed up until this time right and or the environment yeah. that you think that i have created for us right yes. it's like it's one where you do not feel comfortable to reach out to me in that way. And I think that that is like, yeah, that's really fun. That, yeah. It's, it's like, fucked, I would it never like, hesitate. I exactly. Would, I, would never, I would never. And it's like, and, and for me, it's like, also, if I would, I would yeah. communicate why I would be hesitant about it. Right. And it's like, I, I wouldn't maybe dive in immediately, but I would be like, Hey, like reach out in some sort of way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, for yeah. me, what that tells me is like, the relationship that you have had, you didn't feel as though you could communicate certain things to me. And the things that were certain, like the certain things I'm talking about specifically, yeah. Yeah. are like the things about my racial identity yeah. that you hold internally in your mind about that you like don't want to unpack. And it's yeah. like, that is crazy. Cause it's like, what part of me makes you feel unsafe or makes you feel as though that this environment wouldn't like you know what i'm saying and it's but like, i think it's like even further <laughs> than that to me it, it just showed that like these people were not able to recognize my humanity as a black person like just like yeah you know what i mean because yeah, like you're like your like your blackness as a part of your identity yeah or like yeah. me as a friend or like as an equal to them as someone who was not just adorning on them or cheering them on or providing emotional support because that's you know something i do a lot yeah but like yeah there wasn't that like okay so you only saw me for what i was able to do for you yeah you only saw me as much as this like token black friend that you had yeah but not necessarily oh like support's a black fan who's also my friend yeah but like i just and that was mind blowing to mind me. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. Because I was like, see? oh my goodness, I saw, I see people as human beings. Like, yeah. I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's cool that, like, I get something from everyone, but I also pour into everyone's cup. Or you try you to, know? yeah. Or you to try to, and you yeah. do and your best like, to, yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, it's funny that you even bring up that, because I, like, that definitely just for the kids, like, that's context yeah. for, like, some examples, but I wasn't even more so speaking of like friends from like more so my past, like even from like, mm, like yeah, yeah, like in Ontario. And it's just like the individuals who like 
tokenized me as a kid, right? And it's like for me, like because you were saying how you grew up in like a very pro-black household, right? Yeah. And it's like so I caught that I, yeah, all the time. You caught that all the yeah. time. I did not, right? And so like, and we'll get into like the whole like colorism and mi- being like mixed kid identity in a later episode, but like how I had to like unlearn all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I had to do that by myself, right? Because I ran away from home at like 16, 17 or whatever. So I was living by my own. And then also having to like come to terms and recognize the anti-blackness that was within me that had allowed people to treat me this way. Yeah. Right? Comfortable, right? Right? To comfortable. You're not exactly. Things. You're not clocking things, right? Yeah. Becoming hyper aware of these things. And then that's also sort of bringing back to like this new wave of like popularity in anti-racism. Yeah. It's like me becoming again hyper aware of like oh you de- you had to go and like learn all of these things about your identity about your black identity from yourself because that wasn't taught in your household mm-hmm. and then now the expectation is that you come to people with a cool calm collect educated but yeah. not too arrogant not too posthumous like attitude not like you you know what i'm saying i have to be mm-hmm. exactly perfect and how I communicate my identity, not only as a black person, mm-hmm. but as a like who, black who's mixed with Latinx, who's also queer, right? Mm-hmm. All of these different facets. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how does it, like that for me was like, yeah. it was just like, and so for me, it was also a little bit like hard to then, not necessarily empathize, but like just, I guess, like give people so, like a break. Kind of? Yeah, because yeah. I was like, but you have way more tools and resources than myself and other people who have had to, had to learn about this because it was crucial to their identity, point blank. And so it was just like, it was really baffled me, yeah. But how do you feel about like the term ally in general like yeah i think we like touched about it a bit but yeah i think it's just like a bs term like i don't really think that you need a term to be a decent person like i yeah Yeah. and i've heard a lot of people i've you know posted this on social media a few times and there are people saying like oh well you know any you have to encourage folks to do the right thing. And this is just not the right energy in terms of, you know, saying how calling yourself an ally is very formative. And yeah, I don't know. I I stand by it because I like the people that I know in my day-to-day life who treat me as a human being um, are not people who tend to claim the the term ally. They're not people who feel the need to self-identify. Exactly. Or to, you know, like there's this like, need to prove that you're not one of like the bad ones i guess yeah or that you're quote unquote you're on the bad right ones, side yeah which as is like the, as though white supremacy is not prevalent in all every, of our every every single facet of our lives every single one and every single facet like, all of us have internalized it to a certain degree and only white people are really the people who benefit from it right mm-hmm. and so for white people to think that they can somehow undo all of that without actually undoing it like i'm like are, like how are you actually giving back how are you actually but there taking is stock of right your, and your power but then and, that goes back to you know, the whole like when we were talking about earlier right this like level of comfort that yeah. individuals are willing to engage into or not engage into only until so far until oh so far right but that's why i say that it's performative right because that's the other thing too it's like it's only so much that you're 
as much as you're comfortable. Yeah. And even when you're like, oh my God, I had this like really tough conversation. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, oh, and what? Like, what the fuck? Like, I hate when people and, come to me and, like that. Yeah, like, yeah. What do, like, what am I supposed to do with that? That's what you're supposed to be doing. Oh yeah, my parents are Trump supporters. It's really hard to talk to them. Okay. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know And then not recognizing how like the systems are reinforcing that narrative, right? Like, yeah. how, we're, yeah. who was who was it we were talking about the other day who's like, there was like, going to their therapist or something do we listen to this i think we listened to this either monique hart someone was talking about this how like their white friend had gone to their therapist and they had then their therapist had been like yeah don't don't, you need to take a break don't their white therapist had then gone to them being like yeah take a break don't engage with your parents about this topic anymore this is going to be too tumultuous and it's like these even in that even in our systems right of healthcare, of managing our mental health we're reinforcing these ideas of like your comfort must come first and foremost no one is saying you cannot take a break but if you if you're recognizing that you're always taking a break at the point of getting uncomfortable then you're not changing anything yeah and you're not going to get anywhere either right because it's like it's going to require you to be uncomfortable to move through that discomfort like yeah 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 um and to that it's like i feel as though some of the ways that people are trying to like i guess get more uncomfortable and Mm. shake up their lives a bit more is like this idea of like diversifying your feeds right so you want to maybe speak a bit speak a bit to that yes uh i would love to so (laughs) there was like a huge there was a surge as like i saw it on my account too and a lot of other like black people online have seen this um, surge in the amount of people following them on Instagram, right? And oh, it's yeah. like, it's this huge like guilt thing too. It's like, oh my goodness, like I never realized that my feed was only white people. And in my head, I'm like, how could you, how, how, how could you how not? How could you not? <laughs> you know what and then I'm like, oh yeah, because you literally are never looking for it. Yeah, yeah. you're never <laughs> looking for it. And you're also just like, you exist in this bubble. This bubble. And I forget because I think that we occupy the same world. We don't! We don't. We don't. <laughs> and so I saw a lot of people like starting to follow me, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this. Yeah, this like, is great. Let's like, go. We're gonna have these conversations now. We're gonna because go. People finally are listening. You're here. Okay. But then I noticed a drop in my engagement level. Same. Same. So folks are Increasing coming. Following. You know what no I'm one's watching. So they're coming yeah. to the fucking barbecue. Yeah. And they're just they're not just listening. standing there. Yeah. They're just standing by the bushes. They're not looking at you. No, no looking at you. That's actually not even the analogy. They bought the ticket online to the barbecue. Well, they're not paying me. That's the tea. That's actually the tea. <laughs> they are SVP to the barbecue. They're SVP. Exactly. You know what? And we got the catering ready. Yes, and that's exactly. what the tea was. And you know what? Five people are at the barbecue. Exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and it's the five who have been there the whole time. Who have been there the whole time? Who have been there? I'm telling you, my yeah. engagement has not changed. Um, since this new wave, so I didn't get me started. Yeah, I can, so yeah, I'm yeah. so yeah, into yeah. especially because yeah, yeah. now I've started doing or trying to do like sponsored content and getting money from you know my online presence. Yeah, and it's hella hard because brands are gonna ask you for you know like your data, like how many people are like looking at your stories, how many people are clicking on the post, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And it's like they see that you have this amount of followers and. In general, when you know white influencers or non-black influencers have X amount of followers, it means that they have X amount, amount of, of engagement. engagement. Yeah. But can then we, wait, us, hold up. Maybe because I feel like we're using a lot of terms that maybe a lot of people who don't use social media are not familiar with. What do you mean when you say the term engagement? 
I went about it like a little subtly in conversation, but I'll break it down. So engagement is essentially the amount of um, excitement or interest that your online presence garners. And it's calculated by the metrics that, let's say if you have a post or a story on Instagram, it'll show you how many people have viewed the story. If you're able to link a website, it'll tell you like how many people clicked on the link, how many people, you know, purchased with the code that you shared. So how engagement many is people like- have commented. Mm, so okay. it's a sum total of the interaction that people or the yeah, the engagement that people are having on your posts online. Cool. It doesn't necessarily have to be on Instagram, like it's on Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook everything. Every yeah. social media, they have different like metrics for it, but essentially yeah. that's it. And yeah, it's just really frustrating because I'm like, I don't need you here if you're not going to be adding to the conversation or helping me glow up, Yeah, you know? Continue to produce, yeah, more. Because it's like, I'm trying to have these conversations, share this information with you, and if you find it useful, pay it forward. You know what I'm saying? Like That's, yeah. And you're seeing so many examples of this across black social media Mm -hmm. across it Mm -hmm. this huge increase in like following and then you see i don't know if you're i don't know if you followed uh danny dk one of the okay they're like this queer black femme non-binary um super dope yeah makeup artist okay uh anyway they huge increase in following like snap change yeah release this gofundme right explaining the breakdown of like no one's trying to pay. No one's trying. No one's trying to pay. It's disgusting. No one's trying to pay. But you should see the comments that have come through. The engagement done jumped out the roof when they posted the explanation for the GoFundMe because people were like, "Oh, sit. Oh, sis. Oh, just because you're non-binary and black means I should donate to you. Oh, sis. Yeah, the comments done jumped no. out, and that's what I'm seeing is that you're seeing this huge engagement in in followers, right? And they're sorry, this huge increase in followers, lack of engagement until. Until it's either a call like this, like, oh, support me, or a call out. And then it's met with such vitriol. And you're like... But it's like, open your purse. You know what I'm saying? Did you think that the work was just you sharing this stuff online, nitty gritty? Oh, look at me. No, no, no. That's cool. Show me the money. (laughs) Show me the money. Because most people, a lot of people in these spaces have money. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're out here spending your coin Mm -hmm. on... A, B, C. X, Y, Z. Why not X, Y, Z? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pay it forward. Yeah. And another thing, too. Oh. Um, actually, you know what? When, you know what? Let's let's go. When, when, what is, what do you wish that folks understood about anti-Black racism? Hmm. I should have prepared a good answer yeah. for this, but <laughs> I wish that people understood that oppression generally is just it's interlinked with other forms of oppression and so it's impossible to unlearn one or work on you know uprooting one without uprooting others and the thing with anti-black racism is that it's so pervasive in our society what do you mean what do you mean by i mean that it exists it's the foundation of race relations is anti-blackness and i would say you would say everywhere nearly everywhere nearly everywhere i would argue as well because like it's it works certainly here in north america certainly here in north america and the western world i think that it plays out in different 
ways, of course, from country to country, culture to yeah. culture. I should, yeah. But yeah. there's this underlying just hatred for Black people and this inability for folks to recognize our humanities, especially when we show up as dark-skinned people. Mm-hmm. Like that is one thing that just especially. is so difficult for folks to wrap their minds around, especially, and not even to mention when we're dark-skinned and exist in big or fat bodies. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget yeah. about it. And then continue that intersection to queer. Exactly. Continue that intersection to any sort of religion. Exactly. It's just, and it, so it, it, uh, yeah. when people I, are talking about, you know, like the surge of like anti-black racism, I'm like, okay, like, cool, we're getting into this conversation, but you can't actually understand the levels to this if you're not unpacking fat phobia, if you're not unpacking colorism, if you're not unpacking texturism, if you're not unpacking all of these different things, right? The and other people, systems of oppression, exactly. i.e. carnism, yeah. i.e. yeah, back to our earlier episode of exactly. veganism. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's all linked. And yeah. I think that people just want this like easy breezy lemon squeezy. How I want to be- talk about <laughs> racism and that's it. It's you know like what I mean? it's like intrinsically tied to capitalism. It's intrinsically yeah. tied to environmentalism and the climate crisis. Yeah. It's intrinsically tied to our political systems. It's yeah. intrinsically tied to our judicial systems. It's our intrinsically tied to our educational systems. Literally, it's name, name, yeah. name a facet. Name a facet of your life. Our arts, our, like, everything. Everything, everything yeah. you know? And it's just, for me, yeah, it's exactly that. It's like, I hope that people could could not just stop at the, oh, well, I, I don't say this to black people. It's like- What do you mean? Well, that like this idea, like, oh, this is, that's what I do for anti-racism work, is mm. I learn what not to say. I learn how to be, oh my not, okay. I learn how to be a good person. I okay, learn how to so, be not the bad guy. It's like- Yeah, so like about that, at my old job, there was actually this, I was, so I was working on this, not a workshop, but just like a, a talk about anti-racism, anti-black racism specifically. And one of my, I think it was like my boss's boss or something had asked if I could come up with a list of do's and don'ts. Oh like, I my. Swear. Like what? Not, she literally, not to, she literally what sat not to there. wear. Oh my gosh, is this TLC? So <laughs> she literally sat there oh on this meeting and because there was this other girl in the, in the conversation that was like, oh, like, I just don't know what to say. Like, I feel like, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I just like don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> oh and then my. I, and then I told her, I was like, okay, well, like whatever you're doing, whatever work you're doing is good. Um, you're going to make mistakes and it's fine to learn. It's a process. And then yes. that's when this girl shimmies in and is like, oh, Zipporah, do you think you could do like, uh, like what not to say and what is okay to say? And I, I dead in the face, I was like, I, that's not how this goes. No. That's not how this goes. And I'm also like, you're asking me to tell, tell to you. teach you about anti-black racism in a way that is comfortable and digestible for you. For you. Fucking like easy bites so popping in your that mouth. You could like, put, put it on your phone, you know, and you put can it have on it your as fridge. A reminder, yeah. oh, oh, this is what, what not, not to say. Person. I cannot. And so my answer, obviously I I'm cannot. in a workspace, so I'm like, blackness is not a monolith. And so I can't tell you what you can and cannot say because that's not how life works. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine? I can't. I can't. This is like a, like a forty-five-year-old woman. I can't imagine because that's the Out expectation. Here. That's the expectation is that you te- you you have to then educate on 
what you can and cannot say. As if in 2020, there are a plethora of resources and available. Like you know what you can't say. Also, and when we tell you not to say it, you, you still want to say it. I and like, you, I won't argue against it often. Exactly. Oftentimes, oftentimes it's defense. It's, it's defense. Exactly. It's never. Yeah. You're right. It's not like, oh, you know what? I can't. Yeah, that's that's weird. Right. Also, it's never the white people in the room being like, hey, we don't say that. Yeah. Never come collect never. yourselves. Never. Never come collect your own community. It's always. They just look at you. It's always like, like oh, are you going to say anything? You wanna, oh, know. you're not going to? Okay, I guess this is okay. I guess yeah. you tolerate that. Yeah. 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 I guess I can say it now. And it's like, I, ooh, I can't. Ooh, and that then, just, that problem, damn spiced me up. Like, the problem oh. with that, too, is that, like, they'll say things that they know that they're not supposed to say, that they're pushing, but it's like, you, as a Black person, cannot, are not willing to put yourself at risk, right? In terms of clocking a non-Black person for saying something that's offensive, right? Because you're putting yourself at risk because now you're having to denounce this behavior that's obviously not okay. Yeah. And then But in doing so it's at risk to you and your job and XYZ. Yourself, your job, all that you could risk so many things. Whereas these people occupy a space wherein they They just get to ask that question. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's actually that's that's like that's that's why I'm like Oh, yeah. sis, like this is an issue because and they're not even thinking about the anxiety that that causes. It. Not at all. Oh and, like, my gosh! And me yeah. being just put on the spot and having to answer her in a politically correct way, oh and not God. saying like, "Bitch, are you fucking kidding me?" Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. that's what I would have. That's wanted what you would have wanted to. Because that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. In response to how do I? Can you can you do a do and don't, don't list? Just like so, what we can say and what we can't say about racism. Are you? Are you nuts? I know. Like, oh my goodness. Like, it's like, just like like these cue cards that you can have. And that's the problem with anti-blackness being this like super common mainstream thing. It's like- I think we need to change nuts out of our vocab too. Oh, really? I don't know. I feel like we're tying it to- Nuts? Yeah. Like- Oh, how are we using it? Like it's- Loony? No, that's how I feel it. I just derailed it, sorry. Yeah, I no, just, that's getting not a derail. so hung up on I know. I, I just right say now. wild because I don't want to like stigmatize yeah. any people yeah. with like yeah. mental health issues. But yeah. I thought, I don't know. How do you feel about using the term nuts? I feel okay. You know what? Maybe I need to just I need to get some more adjectives. Maybe when I need, Yeah, me yeah. too. Because yeah. I just use wild, yeah. so I thought nuts was okay. But you know, we're working on it. We'll yeah. We'll let you know next yeah. episode what we can <laughs> Ableism inherently tied. Ooh, yeah. 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 That'd be an interesting episode too. Yeah, we're gonna do that. The uh, intersection of ableism and uh, anti anti blackness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah we're gonna do that um. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, when did you learn about white supremacy? Hmm. I don't. Know. I feel like. I feel like I didn't like really learn about it. In mm-hmm. a, in that that sort of generic sense, like you're oh, for like sure. you're taught sure. something. Yeah. And this is this is what the thing is, point blank, you know. Yeah. And then this is how it happens. Like yeah. no, it was more like like I was a kid and saw the way that like my like light skin siblings were like treated mm. in social situations or like mm. out in the world, mm. right? Or like I was a kid. And like experience certain things, either be like direct or over racism itself. Or like so, so slowly, I started to realize like, 
okay, this is what is considered valuable in terms of like mm-hmm. complexion, identity, yeah. Yeah. physical ability. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I feel like over time I sort of just like was exposed and that sort of baked in. And then it kind of like came to, I guess, more of like a conscious fruition, mm-hmm. probably when I, yeah, probably like first year in uni or so, maybe okay. 2015, I'd yeah. say, I started really becoming like, hyper aware of like the connection and the interlink between like my experience other people like me the systems in general and like how that wasn't like it wasn't all just like a mistake or wasn't all just like happenstance or wasn't just all like happening to me it was like by design it was like intentional and it was like working yeah (laughs) it was working because i had gone to however old i was 2019 2021 whatever right and it's like and it had worked it had worked it had gone to that stage having had it baked into my essence Mm -hmm. to the point where i was like you know like genuinely like i had to unlearn that like lighter complexion isn't doesn't mean doesn't equate anything it doesn't equate anything to you that i have to unlearn these values like all these you know what i'm saying it's like that's sort of that process that it started and so for me it was like in recognition that I had to unlearn things mm-hmm. I was like oh white supremacy it's all it exists it's alive and well it done because yeah, yeah. it, it done worked yeah, yeah, yeah. it's working yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. I have to combat against it actively like and you like yeah. catch up and you and you have to catch your, you have to catch yourself too it's like it's, it's oh yeah it's so sinister yeah. yeah so that's sort of how I came about my realization with like this white supremacist sort of world and i feel as though that term has been made to feel as though very aggressive for yes. for people mm-hmm. in general who yeah. hear it and they're like oh well that yeah. inherently that means the kkk and it's like no, no. like it just yeah. means like when i say supremacy i mean like dominant beliefs the system. dominant yeah. the dominance the supreme the overarching like storyline yeah, the for backdrop. the backdrop for everyone's for narrative for, for yeah. and regardless of like it's not regardless of who you are because it's because of who you are that that backdrop has very different impacts for your story for your narrative mm-hmm. and so it's like people don't recognize that we're that that is the back when you're saying white supremacy i'm saying th- it's like a white backdrop yeah that's what essentially that's like what it is. yeah um and actually, you know, Claudia Rankin actually, I think, says it so beautifully in, uh, in, in their book, Citizen. Yeah, yeah. Really was like, never have I ever felt more black than juxtaposed against a white backdrop or something like that. And it was like, and it was like a, a, a piece of poetry in relation to the text and how the right. text appeared black on the white backdrop and in relation to her identity i was like you genius I, oh i was like oh, really, oh, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need to read that again. yeah that uh-huh. like, if you haven't oh citizen yeah. claudia rankin yeah just yeah that's a yeah. wild experience because like i yeah like i grew up with that with my dad and because yeah. like i was See, envious of that yeah yeah, I'm very grateful for that in retrospect because growing up, I was dark. Well, I am dark skinned growing up. I was dark skinned. <laughs> I'm a dark skinned black femme. And, <laughs> and my little sister, who, you know, we have like same mother, same father, she's very light skinned or not very light skinned, but like light skinned. And so you could tell that we're siblings, but by our skin tones, you know, it's very different. And so 
growing up, I remember this one time where there was this, I think it was like a friend of the family came over when we were living in our apartment and asked to see um, my dad's daughter and was like, oh, like Junior, like where's your daughter? And I was like right there. <laughs> so then, and then he was like, oh, here she is, like this is Sephora. And then she was like, no, the pretty one. Oh my and gosh, ain't that some colorism? You know, and I was bullshit. like, I thought that I, I, I was gonna save oh. this for a colorism episode, but you know what? We, sh was, we should maybe. No, I've already started talking okay, about it. Okay, you're right. And so, <laughs> and so that was one of the instances where, like, my dad like pulled me aside because he's like he was darker, a little darker than I was, and he just pulled me aside and had that whole conversation with me about how like you know, like you're all beautiful and like you're going to face different challenges because of like the color of your skin. It doesn't. And I was like, oh, like I thought like we're all black. Like I just didn't even to me didn't really clock that. Like I always knew that my sister had more attention, but I didn't know it's because she was lighter. I thought she was, she was a baby. And so then Same. I was like, you know, and oh then, my you're gosh, oldest, right? Exactly. I'm not the oldest. I'm actually in the middle. Oh, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm also the darkest. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like, I thought it was because, yeah, she was just younger than me, yeah. but it turns out that it was because of the color of her skin, and so then I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting, and yeah, my dad always just, like, had, like, kept an eye out for me, especially because, like, my mom was very much, like, very colorist in her ideals and stuff, and mm. so my dad had to clock it, but, like, would just, like, watch out for me and, like, make sure that I wasn't thinking that I was lesser because of the color of my skin. I see. And so I think that because of that, the conversations about white supremacy started a little earlier because I, I already knew you that something aware. was up, yeah, right? You, you were aware of something of that. Exactly. Yeah, you were able to clock. About that Good. piece. And so then when oh, my dad I would wish. talk about white supremacy or, like, you know, like, going to school, like, how it's going to be, how teachers are going to treat you, like, you will be ignored. Like, it's normal that you're going to have to advocate for yourself. You have to have the language to discuss things. You yeah. have to know about what you're talking about because they will try to gaslight you. They will try to discredit you. Like, yes. My dad They will say like, you're disruptive. They will say you're too much. Everything. They will say that this is not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. X, Y, Z. Yeah. From yeah. the get. And so I'm so grateful for that because growing up, when I was faced with those very instances my dad had warned me about, I wasn't like, oh my goodness. Am I not intelligent enough? Am I not? And I was like, no, that's not what's happening here. There is always going to be a certain element of racism because white supremacy mm. is the backdrop. Yeah. Like, that's it. And so it's strange navigating that space when you're a kid because then you start talking and people think you're like a conspiracy theorist or you're like, because... You know, yeah. what like what fucking nine-year-old yeah. is out here talking about white supremacy being like, you know what? I think there was an element of discrimination here. Like they're yeah. not, they're gonna be like, oh they're girl, yeah. like yeah. relax. Yeah. Um, but exactly. now oh, I you have the light skin in the room being like, it's fine, they yeah. like us. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> yeah, all I can't, I can't. Yeah. That's another being thing. Being out too. here trying to like trying to yeah. adorn to that like yeah, yeah. yeah that was another mm -hmm. thing why i was not able like with light-skinned people it's like there's always that like i don't know what i'm gonna get with you you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah because, you don't know what you're working with because what yeah. side are you yeah. gonna play because yeah. you have the option to play either side I play either side and so, often often we are granted the opportunity to practice both sides yeah 
to Free. practice. But then Free. when I walk in the room and you're out here, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a switch up. And yeah. so that's when I know yeah. something's up. But yeah, exactly. Gonna, yeah. No. We'll, we'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. I can't, I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. texturism. Yeah, that, that, that's really what you said. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I guess we're just talking about like white supremacy when we were younger. Um, and yeah, being... I mean, that's pretty interesting that you got to like delve into that, mm-hmm. uh, especially when from like such a younger age. Because yeah. then I guess it gives you, I feel as though the longer you have to work with yeah. a certain reality, the better yeah. you are able to navigate it. Yeah. Right. And where I do feel as though. I think, I don't even think that it's like the better at navigating it. That's because true. I think in you, a have, sense, you like, have to. Yeah. It's like, a, think, a, yeah. I don't know. I think in a sense, like not having known, I would have. Because I think that from your perspective, like learning that, like in your like late teens slash early adulthood, it made it so that you know for like two decades or so you were out here working that space trying to make stuff happen, right? Yeah. And so you have an insight that I don't necessarily because there were a lot of times where I would be faced with these situations, and and instead of being from those, yeah, and instead of being like, oh, let me like play the room or let me, you know, I was like, oh no, I know what's happening here. I'm going to put my efforts where I am appreciated. Mm. I'm going to, you know, invest my time in other black people. I'm going to take that and because this is not working for me, but I guess you have certain tools or certain like abilities that like I would not have because I'm just like, yeah, because you know I mean? of the so, of the different yeah situations how that it plays I out, was right? yeah yeah exactly yeah so, and being in those more white spaces yeah. and then having more insight and how they operate and I feel that that is something too that also really helped me like in my sort of click back into that recognition of like mm. how white supremacy was operating in like the yeah. grander scheme of yeah. my life was then having those reflective moments mm. and going back. Mm and recognizing what was happening what was happening and being so oh my god absolutely it's like a disassociative out-of-body experience to recognize like we were talking about this and my uh, friend camille the other day he recently moved over to vancouver um it's like this beautiful queer black um man who's yeah been in my life since we went to the same camp together we were talking about how like just like now that we look back on certain things, like mm-hmm. literally never put together, yeah. never, and never put together on days off. There were literally three of us, yeah. three, black. three black people on staff, right? Ne- like so many different facets mm-hmm. of just that specific work environment where I was mm-hmm. like, damn, holy fuck. And then let alone all the other different parts of my life that I was like, that pervasive pervasive yeah it works it works works. it's designed really fucking well and super sinisterly what yeah white supremacy is one of the most interesting and horrible harmful just like Damn, that must have been wild. Yeah. Because then you're and going it's constant. all of these different And it's yeah, constant. You'll have a memory yeah. of something. A friend will reach out from somewhere. Yeah. Some, you know, some something will happen. A memory will come up. And then you combine that with my ADHD, where it's like I will jump from literally looking at a bathtub to then, like, 
like thinking about the ecology of squirrels because I've thought about the white color of a bathtub and how that also reminds me of then the white stripe of a skunk and how skunks will do this in environment and then how that will take me to like, you know, jump me to all these different things. And like adding that to the layer of how you're of how I'm unpacking things makes me go through them so fast too. And it's just like this it's it's too uh-huh mm-hmm. but also interesting because it's yeah. like because yeah. you, you lived through that yeah. right yeah. whether conscious or not yeah and so it's just like yeah i yeah it tells the resilience too that we i don't have. know if i would use that word i yeah i would okay sure. i don't think that it's a good thing that we have to endure these things yeah but i just think it's telling because i know that for many white people they would not stand a chance like it's that whole thing you can't even have a conversation with people because it, you get uncomfortable or it's difficult and then, it's like, and then yeah. we're out here living these lives you know what i mean mm -hmm. so just like that's the other part that i'm like you don't get to tell me how i talk about racism or how i address people because you don't know the first thing about what it what it means you know what yeah. i mean yeah. like i would just love to see you walk a day in these shoes or like slippers because it's COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. you know, like, wow. yeah, I don't know. I just love black people. I think we're really amazing. And it's, it's just so unfortunate that we have to go through these things. Oh my goodness. Yes. Because I was actually just talking about this with a friend too and how sinister of a design yeah. that is for reality in yeah. general in yeah. general because i think that that's a common thread through every single individual's reality is this this idea this notion that you have to experience some sort of turmoil or some sort of something tumultuous or something like sorry get me started yeah like something like something that is negative quote unquote negative in order to grow, in order yeah. to learn, yeah. in order to have the backdrop. I'm like, yeah. who in the hell designed that? Yeah. Who in the hell would not make it so that you could just do that positively in a safe space? Yeah. You, you had to go, you have to go through the the trials and tribulations to then come out the wiser. I'm like, that is such a sinister aspect of our experience, I think. I I just I don't I don't I don't I don't agree with it. And I, I get it. I get the point. It's great that we are able to grow and learn, showcase, realize our resiliency, develop, create, make, invent things from that. I get it. I get it. I get yeah. it. What that produces. I just think that that's that in as a heart, as a line yeah. of our underlying reality is just silly. It's like gravity. Who in the who? Okay, let's Sorry. Get yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that it has to do with how we frame blackness as well. Yes. Because it's often the case where people are like, oh, well, you're not black enough because did you get called this growing up? Did you experience this growing up? Did you? And it's like, why are we framing blackness in terms of how much turmoil you experience because of the color of your skin or because mm -hmm. of you, you know what I mean? Why, like, why are we why can't shaping it be? these discussions you know amongst I mean? ourselves? Why yeah. are we yeah. policing how someone else yeah. experiences their blackness? Yes. Knowing full well that white supremacy works in very insidious ways 
and works differently depending on the kind of body that you occupy, yeah. the color, the, 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 tone, shade, of the your shade of your skin, the shape of your nose, the shape of your hair, where you go to school, where you live, yeah. your economic, socioeconomic class, hello. Yeah. Like all of these things will affect how you are treated in society. And yet we still find a way to be like, oh, you're not black enough or did you i did this you did why is it like the oppression olympics you know what i mean yeah like yeah we're black yeah. compared we're black. I, and i i hate i hate i yeah. hate that sort of like comparison yeah like because no this, two people yeah. go through the same oh experiences right no, no, and no, no, no. yeah and i think that that just like takes away that opportunity to foster community like and it also takes away from the opportunity to actually highlight those differences without necessarily gaslighting someone because they didn't experience, you know what I mean? Like it's valid to have a conversation about colorism. It's valid to have a conversation about texturism, but it's not valid to tell someone that they're less black or not black because X, Y, and Z, right? Exactly. Because then you're shaping, yeah, like no one gets to yeah. guess, dictate someone else's blackness. Mm -hmm. And also like, yeah, on the first side of that, it's like, not on the reverse side. I just really don't want light skins listening to this to like misconstrue this as being like, oh yeah, that's oh yeah, they were right all along. They said it wasn't black enough, and now it's validated. It's like that's not what we're saying. But we're gonna address okay. this at another podcast. We're gonna address it at another podcast because that's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. We're addressing it at another podcast. You can't delve into it now. We're fifty minutes in. What if we stop here we're and record the colorism episode? No, we need to give the kids a break. Well, we'll record it, but we'll edit it after. Okay. Do you... Uh, we're going to go to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode Thanks about anti-Black racism. Was there anything that you wanted to add to the conversation? No closing sentiments for me. Okay. For me, the conversation <laughs> will continue on Instagram yeah. and on Patreon. Zipporah the Vegan. Oh, I see. So you can go check that out. Yeah, yeah. And you can check us out on Instagram, Goats and Oats Podcast. We try to share fun facts about oats and goats because we realize that we don't actually discuss that on the actual audio of the podcast. And you know what I'm realizing? We also talk the whole podcast without talking about anti-blackness in specifically academia and outdoor spaces as well, which is the thing I really wanted to hit on. You know, we'll touch upon it during colorism because that's how it intersects with my life, too. There we there, go. There we go. There we go. Thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> Thank y'all. Okay, bye. Hope you have a good day. Bye.